What's going on, sports industry enthusiasts? Welcome to the How To Sports Show. I'm your host, Austin Scott, and I hope you are having a great day today and have even a better day tomorrow. Let me tell you, this episode was incredible on so many different levels. This episode was live on the radio for blazeradioonline.com, which is every Sunday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., in case you didn't already know. And we had two guests on for the first time ever. Not only that, but we had four students come into the studio to ask our guests Brad Denny and Joe Healy questions, who are currently the hosts of the Speak of the Devils podcast. So huge shout out to Hayden Weber, Ben Yates, Jeffrey Hinkle, and Carlos Castillo for asking some amazing questions today. We hope to do more episodes like this in the future, but honestly, couldn't have asked for a better way to start this new idea. We talk about how Denny and Healy fell in love with sports, what the the behind-the-scenes stuff is like when they are making their podcast, industry advice, and even a little bit of ASU Sports Talk, and more. Ah, enough of me. I've been talking for way too long. Me and some students are just here to ask the questions. Me, just like all of you guys, will be here sitting back and taking in some top-notch advice. Enjoy, everyone. Hello, hello, happy Sunday, fun day, live from the Bill Austin Radio Studio and on blazeradioonline.com. I have a feeling this episode's uh, going to be a pretty awesome one for many reasons. One, we're having multiple guests on for the very first time on the show. Two, we have four people in the other studio here to ask them questions along with myself, so that's going to be awesome. And we have podcasters on the show, and this is a podcast after all, so it's uh, almost coming full circle, but... Uh, Let's not waste any more time. Sitting with me is Brad Denny and Joe Healy, host of the Speak of the Devils podcast. Uh, Denny is also an executive producer with AZ Family, while Healy freelances for Devils Digest. So, uh, Brad and Joe, thanks for taking the time on this fine Sunday to join us. And uh, how's everything going for you guys? It's going great. Thanks for having us in. It's a beautiful Sunday here in God's country, Phoenix, Arizona. It's a good day, my man. <laughs> All right. And then uh, let me just introduce who I got over there in the other studio. We got Hayden Weber, Jeffrey Hinkle, Ben Yates, and Carlos Castillo. Um, how are you guys all doing over there? Can you guys uh, talk, make sure we can hear you guys? Yeah, uh, we're doing well over here in the uh, in the second the second room, the, the little broom closet, like we like to call it here. <laughs> yeah, it's, I definitely uh, feel like I'm on a little dating show because I can't see everyone but you, Austin. I so. know. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, appreciate the invite, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I, I wish I could have all you guys just uh, you know put the mics in this room. That way we could all you know talk in here. But uh, yeah, I mean. Obviously, we can all hear each other. You know, maybe they can lean in. You can lean in. However it works. Um, basically, uh, you, you know how it works. I'm going to kind of pick their brain, ask them how they uh, sort of fell in love with sports, got into the industry. We'll pick their brain for some advice with some of the more podcasting end of things. But uh, we're really going to throw it to the, the, the four guys we have in the other studio today. And I might ask a question here and there. But uh, we'll spend about 15 minutes just, uh, you know, kind of introducing them, bringing them on. And then uh, we'll throw it over. So it uh, should be fun. Looking forward to it. All right. So the first question I ask everybody is, uh, whoever wants to start, this is new for me. I usually only have one guest, so, you know. Uh, Just in general, just talk about how you guys both fell in love with sports, whether as a kid, did you have, like, a first game that you watched or just, like, a memory that you can think of with, uh, like, the family growing up? How did you guys both fall in love with sports? Get it started, Brett. Well, I've loved sports as long as I can remember. Uh, my parents say, like, ever since I was, like, two or three, I've been, like, a diehard Steelers fan. I was on TV. So just, like, one of those things that just it became ingrained from the jump. Uh, and then my dad was a uh, ASU grad, uh, graduated in the 70s, and so I was kind of brought up in a Sun Devil household. So it was just an option that was, like, 
this is going to be a part of my life going forward. Really active as a kid. Just like I always knew I wanted to be around sports. Yeah. I always had a dream. I was going to be a uh, wide receiver for the Steelers. That career path fell a little short. Oh. But, uh, you know, I just knew that I, I just, in order to be happy in a career, I needed to be around sports. And initially I thought, hey, maybe I'll work for a team. And for a while there, I, I worked for the Phoenix Suns, my final year at ASU, and then a couple of years after graduation. And then I realized that, you know, that's not exactly where you go to get paid a whole lot or a livable wage. So, um, and then just kind of wanted to maybe switch over to the media side of things. Um, and so was able to start writing a little bit on ASU and then throughout the years had some success and landed at uh, 3TV in 2013. And it's been a really awesome ride just, you know, it's every, I think it's everybody's dream. You, you get to watch sports and get paid for it. Yeah, and, and you grew up Steelers fan, so you definitely made the right choice there. No, no bias at all. Joe, what about you? Well, for me, it's in the blood, man. So, uh, you know, obviously I grew up, my dad, uh, when I was a kid, he was on Channel 3 as a sportscaster, and he's been the uh, radio play-by-play voice for ASU since uh, the late 90s. So, you know, all growing up as a teenager, all throughout college, I mean, that was that was all I knew. Uh, first sports love was the Texas Rangers. I'm a native Texan, born in Dallas. Uh Nolan Ryan flinging no-hitters, beating up Robin Ventura. That was my youth, so that opened my eyes a little bit. I was an ASU basketball fan in the early 90s, and like a lot of others, one of the first football games I ever went to was September 21st, 1996. ASU takes down number one Nebraska, and that just opened my eyes to something awesome, what college sports can be. And uh, going through school, I interned in the uh, sports information office for a couple years, got got my feet wet with that, learned things that uh, that I liked and didn't like about the industry. Uh, kind of went a separate way, you know, full-time professionally, but uh, was writing for, started writing for Devil's Digest in 2007. Been doing that ever since, and then obviously Brad and I linked up a little over 10 years ago. And, we do what we do today. Beautiful. Um, kind, of, kind of going off topic, I like to get, you know, some, you know, honest information here. What were some of the things about the industry that early on you just, like, weren't a fan of that kind of drew you away? Uh, so for, from that side of things, from sports information, obviously working with a, a lot of incredible people. It's a pretty demanding field because there's a lot of office work. you got to do things at games and events. Uh, so they can be long days. I realized that I didn't share the same passion for every sport across the board as I did for football and a few select others. And obviously in that field, you got to wear a lot of different hats. So that was something that I realized that, you know, my passion's here for one sport, but it's not up there for everything. So just kind of realized just all, all things considered just wasn't quite for me. But hey, that's what those kind of internships are for sometimes. Yeah. You, know, you realize uh, what you like to do, but also what you don't. Yeah, no, that, that's really cool. Just, just curious. I feel like, uh, you know, myself and probably a lot of other people here, uh, can kind of just focus on like one or two sports. I know for me it's uh, baseball and basketball, and it's you know it takes some time to to warm up to you know five or eight different sports. But that's really what yeah. you got to do to you know kind of so move I was forward. So full time SID for swim and dive for okay. the two thousand six two thousand seven season, wow. and that was a different experience. It's a sport <laughs> I don't know, just kind of thrown into it because it was available, and so uh, that was a, a learning experience where yeah, I learned my eyes were opened in a lot of different ways to say the least. Do you like it now? You look, yeah. Swim and dive? Yeah, big swim and dive uh, yeah, fan now. Yeah, You know, I, I'm kind of indifferent to it, but yeah, at the time, you know, I, I, like I said, I didn't really know much about it, so to be working in that capacity for it was uh, trial by fire. Cool. All right, I got an individual question for both of you guys, and then we'll turn it over to them. Um, so, for Brad, I'll start with you. I know that a lot of your background, especially with sports, is writing. You've done some stuff with Bleacher Report and SB Nation and stuff, and so writing's really kind of your background and you know more recently you know over the past five ten years you've really kind of jumped into the broadcast end of things so um were you always kind of 
planning on trying to dip your toes into broadcasting? Was that something that wasn't ever really in the picture? Were you kind of just going to stick to writing? How did, you know, podcasting and broadcasting sort of enter the picture for you? It was not actually in no way part of the plan. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, after working for the Suns for a while, I knew I still wanted to be in sports. Um, and really, uh, just maybe a couple of years there where I had wasn't in, in the game a little bit. Just, um, but then a friend sent over uh, something that, hey, a local outlet was looking for somebody to cover ASU on kind of like a freelance basis. I, and like, oh, Brad, you've always been a great writer and you love sports, put them together. I'm like, okay. Um, tried that out and had success. And then kind of, as you mentioned, you know, there's some spots, uh, stops like Bleach Report, Espionation along the way before landing at three. Um, but in terms of the broadcast side of things, it was, you know, like all great things. It started with, with an idea at a bar. And um, some friends and I were meeting up in about 2010. Um, and one friend was talking about this podcasting, which at the time, like, I had no idea what that was about. Was so new. It's such a new concept back in 2010. Yeah. yeah. And so I had no idea. And he's like, we should start a podcast. And so we all, you know, after a couple of beers, agreed to it. And um, so at that point, um, we did a show called In Triplicate. It was very terrible. Um, and thankfully, it doesn't exist anywhere else. Um, but through then, I was just started covering ASU, and at that point, ASU was not really getting any love on the radio. No one was talking about it, and then I was like, well, what? I mean, let's fill that void. Um, I have a, had a little experience with podcasting, so decided, hey, let's just go do it. I had gotten to know Joe on Twitter, and you know, somewhat embarrassingly, I didn't realize, didn't, didn't put his last name together with like Tim Healy. So <laughs> yeah. I just knew that that Joe knew his stuff was it was. Uh, very knowledgeable, and so I reached out. And I think Joe. Sometimes you, you tweet out the uh, the screenshot of that initial DM on the anniversary of our show. And so summer of 2011, before that hyped uh, season started, um, sent a message. We got together, and uh, it's been history ever since. It all began the DMs, you know, like many oh yeah, Twitter great DMs. Situations. That's where it gets down. I mean, yep. That's how I got you guys here. Twitter you know? DMs, very powerful. <laughs> it's a very powerful. Place. You never know what can happen. All right, Joe. So I, I know you're, you're currently is it your tribal operations yep. assistant with the University of Phoenix. Yep, that's a, that's um, a full time gig. I'm not gonna lie. I don't really know what that job really asks. So first okay. off, can you just kind of briefly talk about what you do, and then. It doesn't really have to do with sports, so my kind of follow-up question is, does it almost make it a little easier to enjoy all the sports stuff you do because it's sort of like your passion and like your side hobby and it's not really like your, your main career? Just how is it just – talk about the job you have and how it is just kind of loving sports but not not having it be like your full-time paying career. Yeah, yeah. So so I've been with that uh, with that gig there for pushing 14 years, always been just, uh, you know, the, the day job, side job allows me to do – a variety of different side hustles, uh, as the youth say. Um, so what I specifically do in a, in a small nutshell is basically uh, do outreach and involvement and support with uh, Native American tribes, tribal businesses, tribal students, that sort of thing. Um, so there are times where I'll travel to different events. I'm going to a, a deal in California coming up here um, at the end of April. Uh, just getting involved in that community and, and hoping to uh, help increase the academic support that they receive. It's kind of the nutshell elevator version there so that's cool. that's the normal job that's the quote-unquote nine to five but you know when i get the clock out get to have some fun um not that i don't on a daily basis but have a different kind of kind of fun uh, yeah as far as sports are concerned you know it's taken me through a few different careers like i said i started with devil's digest in 07 and i did that um 
right on the heels of that internship because I knew I wasn't going to go into that on a full-time scale. Wanted to stay involved. I learned quite a bit through that internship. I knew I could apply, make just you know, stay involved in the industry, make a little side coin, that sort of thing. So got connected with Hover Bino, and he's been my guy for a long, long time now, one of the best in the, in the business for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it allows me to stay creative, to use a skill set, knowledge that I have, just kind of be what I like about it is I don't have to be totally professional about things because I'm I'm not – media guy i'm not credentialed media guy so with that i i have some benefit in my view where i can act kind of like a goober i can be like a fan i can play that side of things you know and and i'm not going against the principles of my profession sort of thing as if i were a you know old school dedicated hardcore journalist nice perfect yeah i i just you know i always find it curious just because like you said, when you're not, you know, when your career is in sports, you have a lot more freedom, I feel like, to just, you know, kind of be a fan, be yeah. a little more laid back. And, you know, that that's something that I try and do as well. I, I'm a big personality guy, I feel like. I feel like that's what, you know, what might get me somewhere. So that's really cool to hear. Um, that's what I said, like, in the very beginning, it's kind of weird. Like, my Twitter bio, it's, Twitter bio, it says, I'm just a dude. And I thought of that because it, it came up not terribly long ago where my name was mentioned in some de- uh, message board discussion and, things with journalism and, and how people should act and that sort of thing. I mean, that's a total kind of paraphrase of the situation. I'm like, well, here's, here's a dude. Like, I'm, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a beat <laughs> reporter. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm just a dude. Just here talking. So, again, allows me to kind of be a goober from time to time. Hey, simple and perfect. I yeah. love it. Um, so we're about 12 minutes in, but uh, I feel like our, our, our guests in the other room are really uh, antsy to ask some questions. So I'm going to turn it over to them. Uh, whoever wants to go first, whoever has a question for uh, Brad and Joe. Hayden, what do you got? All right, I'll kick it off. Uh, hey, guys, thanks for coming in. Uh, my name's Hayden Weber. Like you guys, I uh, grew up an ASU guy, you know, third-generation Sun Devil. Um, I guess unlike Joe, my first substantial memory with ASU football is when we lost to UNLV in 2008. So, uh, you know, things, th- yeah, things didn't get off on a great foot there, but, um, you know, been a diehard fan ever since. I guess this is for both of you guys. Um you know, with me being an ASU guy, you know, do you have any advice for someone like me who, you know, kind of wants to stay and, and maybe cover this program long term? I would say that just follow your passion in terms of um, the, what's the benefit of the, the here and now is that there's so many different ways in which you can cover a team. Uh, you know, going back in the, the traditional model, you know, there was such, so many like so many uh, such limited opportunities, but now you know in terms of um, you know the online podcasting uh, as well as traditional media outlets, there's just so many different ways that you can jump in and kind of like my I think my own story kind of illustrates that like I don't have a journalism degree, uh, I didn't necessarily have this plan to kind of get in the sports media in, uh, business, but it just you know with kind of the space as, as it was. I was able to just kind of carve out a niche and then over the years kind of build upon it and refine it and, you know, thankfully find, you know, some level of success. Um, and so I would just find out, you know, find a way that you can be unique and in, in a space that's obviously very competitive, but the, there's just so many different ways that you can do it, whether it's through the written word, through broadcasting, through podcasting, through video content. Um, I think that I do believe that the, the cream does eventually rise to the top and just, Find a way to tell unique stories in unique ways, and eventually you'll, uh, I think you'll find um, you know, what you like, what you don't like, and then you'll find out, most importantly, kind of what resonates with people. And I'll, I'll tell it from my perspective of things as far as the 
the areas that I value first. Uh, I'd say get to know the history of what you want to focus on. Uh, you know, I kind of fancy myself as a little bit of like an ASU historian and just knowing the most random minutia that is only truly valuable in scenarios like this. But you know what? Hey, that makes it all worthwhile. Um, you know, if you have a particular sport that you're focusing on, get to know the history of that because I feel like that adds a lot of credibility in the space. Uh, also, ASU is such a cool, weird, awesome, ridiculous like social media community that we're definitely a part of. Um, engage with that because there's, as we've seen, you know, folks have a lot of passion. Sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down, but you know, it's there a lot of the time. So to be involved with that community is, um, I mean, what's helped me create a a ton of awesome opportunities that's really the root of it all is just getting engaged socially with the folks that follow the same things that i do and then stuff can blossom from that so that's that's kind of where i thrive obviously brad's more the 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 real dude in this game but um yeah as far as that goes just like i said yeah getting to know what you're focusing on so that people people have that respect for you and just get involved with folks yeah and hayden i know for you 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 grew up literally an asu sports fan but you're also you know a sports journalist so sometimes that could be a little tricky but just kind of real quick before we get to the next question do you guys almost feel like it, it is easier nowadays like you were talking about there's so many different ways to you know cover teams and just cover sports that it is possible to kind of have that fan perspective if you want you know through podcasting or radio and stuff and you know i, I feel like that's interesting just because you know i, th I feel like you know, old traditional journalism, you know, you, you stay unbiased, you stay objective completely across the board. But I think, you know, being having that fan aspect is a real possibility nowadays. Would you guys say that? I, I think so, for sure. I, there's obviously a fine line to, you know, being a fan enthusiastic about that because people don't they don't care about something if you're just going to be cold and lifeless about it and yeah. like a zombie talking about something. I mean, that's sports are, are supposed to be passionate. The biggest thing is to still be honest and fair and truthful and even in the cases where that's difficult and that's a tough line to draw at some points when you want to be supportive of things and I mean we've experienced what we've experienced in the last several months that there's been some difficult news to discuss here with the ASU sports and so as long as you're acknowledging that and and not having it just be all sunshine you know no matter the the scenario I think that's an important thing <laughs> I, yeah I think consistency and transparency is key in, in that regard of just you know if you're gonna take that more I'm gonna be a, the informed fan takes you know, put that out there and make in uh, you know can stay consistent with that. Or like in in my shoes, you know, kind of I am in that more traditional kind of yeah. journalism mold. Being with Three TV and CBS Five is just like you know I kind of you know even despite being an ASU alum, you know I've long ago detached any kind of rooting interest and in, in such. But you know through that you know I try to have that you know my background, my history is to be informed, but also just kind of being able to just kind of detach and tell how it is, be honest and. and open and transparency and just kind of stay consistent with that. Um, so I think just, you know, wh whatever route you take, just I would think the consistency and transparency yeah. is, is a key component of that. Awesome. We got a question from uh, Ben. What do you got? Hey, so uh, I'm not really a biased ASU fan. I'm from Kentucky, so I don't really have this kind of problem. Uh, but when you do have something huge come up in ASU news, like you don't agree with something that athletic directors have done or coaches have done or even players have done, you, you need to comment on this be passionate like is it better to be totally biased in this or do you want to stay the informative sports fan I, I think it's you know as Joe alluded to you know with the challenges the football programs had since last summer with the recruiting scandal and uh, everything kind of the ongoing fallout and more dominoes to fall uh, I just think in a situation like that I think you just you're doing yourself and your audience a disservice if you try to um, obscure it to present it in a way that's not, I mean, just you got to be out front with it. You got to be open and honest. 
um, something like this, because I mean, people will see if just you're trying to obfuscate with just, oh, you know, it's not that bad, or you know, try to present it in a way that is um, disingenuous to the situation. So I think that it's really crucial to just, you know, as you know, tenant journalism, just you know, the truth has got to drive drive the ship. I think just fairness and honesty. I mean, just like a lot of things in life, man. So uh, you don't want to be on either end of the extreme. You don't want to be someone who, again. Uh, plugs your head in the sand and pretends that something isn't happening. But in the same respect, uh, I don't think there's really a place for people who are just like the shock journalism type of stuff to where the world is falling and they're, you know, and we've seen that, especially throughout the, these, the circus that's been going on the last several months is you have some folks, many of whom really don't cover ASU on a regular basis that just because that's the hot news issue of the day and it's the controversial topic of the day here locally, that they jump all over it with some kind of extreme behavior. So I think staying away from the extremes is a, uh, a good idea. If you're if you're honest and fair, then you know no one can really uh, you know discredit what you're doing if you're just basically reporting and giving a, a, an informed take on it. That's awesome. I'm gonna have to. I, I had to close the the door to the studio, so I didn't quite get Ben's question, but I hope uh, hope that answered your question. Well, it was good. It was a really good one. All right, so uh, Carlos, <laughs> <laughs> looks like you got a question, man. What you got for him? Hey, man. Uh, so I'm actually uh, in Glendale uh, Community College, and I tend to transfer uh, next year to ASU, and I want to ask. What is your guys' biggest mentor, like, in the sports industry? Good question. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say, I, initially, um, I got to give a major uh, shout-out to Tim Ring. Um, he was the guy who actually brought me on to 3TV back in the day. Um, I had gotten to know him um, just kind of covering ASU prior um, in those years. And I think it was uh, the story on the, the Kerry Taylor comments on Coach Erickson way back when. <laughs> That kind of you know got me on his radar a little bit, and then so when the opening at uh, at Three TV came up, um, he brought me on, and you know at that point yeah as I mentioned earlier I I had no journalism background at that point really I didn't go to Cronkite and have all the the the, uh, the cool stuff that uh, you students have today, um, so he was really kind of just kind of a crash course and just kind of taking the, this kid with uh, you know this storytelling talent but it's very raw and he was able to help kind of shape that um also i think hoda rubino of devil's digest as well getting to know him and covering the the program for the last you know 10 11 years uh he you know he's experienced he's one of the most experienced reporters around locally um just getting to become friends with him and just you know seeing how he operates has been a really informative influence for me I mean, of course, for me, first and foremost, going to be my dad, Tim Healy. I mean, you can't grow up with a dad like that and not have stuff just, uh, you know, uh, you can't help but absorb all of what he's uh, what he's got going on there. And, again, even if it's not necessarily all the time just, like, one-on-one actual, like, teaching and mentorship, you just see him on TV, hear him on the radio, it just it just seeps in. I mean, the, the professional approach and, and what he does, and, and that brain of his is unreal. Um, when I was working at ASU, guys that were there then, even though it was a couple of years ago I was in school, uh, that are still here now, uh, Doug Tamro, Mark Brand, award-winning, Hall of Fame caliber SIDs. I mean, those are guys that I learned a, a great deal from uh, during my time spent there. And then, similar to Brad Hoderbino, he's been uh, my, my boss there with Devil's Digest for about 15 years now. And so he's a great, great guy to work for, to be around, super knowledgeable, always helps us out with our show. So those are probably the main ones that helped me out. All right, Jeffrey, welcome on. What do you got? Hey guys, uh, great to talk to you. Great to meet you guys. Um, so I'm, I was scrolling through you guys' podcast. Um, so I was listening to some of the sit down series. How do you guys set those up? First off, and second off, how do you come up with like personal questions for these guys to to answer? 
Um, yeah, so the sit-down series, uh, a lot of those, you know, just being you know, the players and coaches, that's, uh, you know, the requests all go through um, the SID office. And so, as Joe mentioned, you know, guys like Mark Brand, uh, Doug Tamaro, um, Connor Smith has been great in uh, facilitating some of the ones with the players recently. Um, and then when I'm putting those, those uh, sit-down series episodes together, um, I like to have those just kind of be more than just the typical post-practice, post-game stuff where you're going to get a lot of, you know, kind of stock answers or something yeah. like that. Because, um, you know, they're, they're, lo they're longer episodes. They're something that I like to, you know, pull the curtain back and let our listeners and fans get to know these players and, and coaches, administrators, you know, whoever's the subject at, at a more personal uh, personal level. And just one of the big things for me is just trying to tell stories or get information out there that isn't already. Um, and so just it's just a matter of just kind of being diving in, doing the research and finding those unique angles and then in when conversing with these people to then kind of you know ask good relevant follow-ups and just kind of treat it more just like kind of a casual conversation that happens to be recorded than you know maybe presented as like a traditional sit-down type of interview yeah yeah as far as uh, you know the questions that we put together for for any of them because the sit-down series are all, all brad denny here uh that's where knowing the history comes into things you know because you can come up with uh creative insightful questions and ones that make the guests feel remembered i mean we've had a few cases which is awesome where we we've had some some former players on from like the 60s and 70s some big time players that were so excited to be on the show so excited to be remembered because it's it's wild that these college athletes feel like they get forgotten even after a few years i mean there are guys that played less than a decade ago who are superstars that we've had conversations with people that are that they wonder if they've been forgotten which is which is you know it's awesome to be able to give them that feeling uh, and also just to have fun with it. You know, I think of it's become our yearly tradition now before the Territorial Cup game to have Brandon McGee on. If you haven't heard him, listen to it now. You're going to bust through this glass and just go run. You know, you're going to go do something productive with your life. That guy's awesome. And we have fun with it. You know, what we're doing, if, if we're not enjoying it, uh, then then why do it? Again, that doesn't mean you're not fair and honest and tackle the tough subjects, but you also got to have a good time with it. So that comes into, you know, when you're coming up with questions is just don't be afraid to enjoy what you're doing. It's sports, man. It's supposed to be fun. No, it's really good to hear just like, especially just having, you know, college athletes, even, you know, pro athletes just, you know, 30, 40 years down the line, they get brought back and, you know, they kind of get to, you know, remember everything they did. I've talked to guys that were here 10, 15 years ago. Again, I won't like call them out, but dudes that were superstar players, NFL players that you wow. know, their careers are done playing football and they, they, they just think that the minute that they you know take their helmet off, they're forgotten about. So it, it cheers them up. It, it brings something special into them and, the, and even their families. And you know, I've, we've had people that will share, retweet the thing, the, the, you know, the podcast episodes and, you know, thank us. And that's not what we're doing it for, I guess you could say, but, it's just awesome to, to see it mean something to people. Yeah, I'm going to jump in and, and ask one question just because I, I thought of this before we we, st we started, and then I'll throw it back over to them. Um, I, I just want to – I'm curious because in your guys' podcast, I, the dynamics is so interesting. You know, you're, you know, calm and collective. You know, you got the very good – you know, you got a great, like – just radio voice very you know objective and you bring kind of the flair and you got some personality in there and i, I just feel like it it's really the perfect like duo but my question is how long did it take t for you guys to sort of not only be yourself and be your authentic self on the mic but also sort of build your own you know brand that's that's interesting that you know is going to get people to listen i don't like do you ever feel like you're not being yourself and that you're being like overly funny or for you you know do, do you ever feel like you're i just I, I guess the question is just how long did it take or do you think about like oh is there different ways i can you know 
uh, talk about stuff, you know, different tones of voice or just being yourself on the mic, if that makes sense. I don't think it took too terribly long. Yeah. Um, you know, you get a little older in life and you just kind of get comfortable with who you are, yeah. whether that's just kind of a goober or whether, whatever that might be. So I think there was comfort there from a pretty early level. Uh, I always think back to the, the coaching change in 2011, going from Dennis Erickson to uh, Todd Graham. And that was a point where, you know, people were using Twitter more, different forms of social media, and they were looking for their news that way. That's kind of like, at least in my life, where yeah. that really kicked in. And so people wanted as much information as they could get about the coaching search, as we've seen in many cases locally, that ASU doesn't always get, you know, day-to-day type of coverage, even in those circumstances. So we were putting stuff out there, and that seemed to really, really ignite things. And then ASU had some good seasons on the field to come the, the following year, so it just kind of created some momentum. That's, that's always what I think back to, where I feel like, okay, like, we got something here. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I think that dynamic was was there from a pretty early spot, and I think you know one benefit to us was just that we were kind of maybe the the only player in the space initially in terms of you know, an ASU podcast, yeah. and so we you know we. I literally did not know what a podcast was. We started. Doing that. <laughs> I had no idea. But I'm like, cool. Let's go. Let's party. Yeah, and, and so it was kind of filling that void because you know I had seen some stuff that you know people tweeting at you know local radio stations about why aren't you talking about ASU and all that and such. So. Um, but so I think we had the benefit of just getting in kind of on the, on the ground floor and, and finding an audience almost kind of off the bat. And so that kind of just, I think that both Joe and I were just kind of ourselves from the get-go, and that kind of just kind of you know solidified for us, just like, okay, just keep keep on keeping on, keep being authentic in, in terms of our coverage. Um, and so that kind of, and then, of course, you know, over the years, you know, things evolve. And, but I think, you know, at the, at the core, it's just been staying true to who we are, uh, our very our, our viewpoints. Um, you know, a lot of times that we, a lot of, a lot of things we don't necessarily plan ahead of time before uh, a show that we just happen to have the same viewpoints. You know, once we start recording, um, but you know, sometimes we we have different opinions. But you know, for the most part, it just you know we're just always authentic and try to bring that style. And it, thankfully, it's resonated with uh, folks over the years. Yeah, and it helps. You know, we've had so many awesome people on the show. Uh, you know, and some that really make it way more fun than it should be like uh, you know we have ralph amston on there we have jordan simone on there these guys that it's just so natural and fun and they very clearly love to be involved so that helps us because when you when you've got folks that are uh, you know excited about the thing that you're involving them in then that's naturally going to make you more excited about it so yeah. we've just had some, we've had so many like off the record we before we even hit record talks that i mean would be a greatest hits that we could charge a premium mm. subscription fee for but uh, yeah those are just sometimes that just make it the most fun sometimes you should just you know talk with these people and just hit record you put know? the phone to the side you know exactly <laughs> no, no, yeah, you know not supposed to do that in general all right that was really the main question i had and then i I think for the rest of we got what, 25 minutes left. I'm just going to turn it over to you guys. Hayden, I know you got a, what, uh, another question. What do you got? Yeah. So um, as a as a listener of your guys' show, I, I absolutely love when you bring on you know the players with with the passion and the energy like a McGee, like a Simone, um, and kind of building off what you guys were just talking about. And this one's for both of you guys. Uh, do you have a favorite memory uh, with a recurring guest or even a one time guest on your show? And kind of walk us through that. Mm. Oh wow. Um, that's 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 tough. I mean, we, there's been so many, and I, so full disclosure, I am such a stat nerd. I have a Excel sheet that lists like every guest we've ever had and like the number of appearances, and so wow. like, it's become a running joke. Like you know, every time we have Hode on, you know, it's like oh, this is appearance number seventy-eight. Uh, go towards that gold watch for a hundred. Um, but I will perhaps I will say, a, a few years ago, we did a couple of. Um, Big specials. I think these end up each being like you know two, three-hour episodes. 
Uh, one was just kind of a with like 12 or 13 guys from the 96 Rose Bowl team. You know, some of the guys that we had gotten to know and become friends with over the years, and some other guys that you know we really hadn't heard from in a, in a long time, or people that aren't typically heard from these days. And seeing, hearing some of those stories, um, and those guys just kind of, you could tell, just hearing their voices, they kind of light up um, when they start talking about the, the good old days. Uh, it was really cool to hear. Um, and then we did another episode, uh, quarterback special, where it was just, you know, going back to, you know, General John F. Goodman in the 60s, all the way to, at that point, it was like, commit Manny Wilkins and, and Brady White or whatever. Um, and just seeing some of the stories um, was really amazing. Um, like hearing the passion in Danny White's voice when he corrected us about like his re- his starting record and just like and then talking about his record about beating U of A and just like it's just really cool insight to see that you know decades later what this game means and just you know hearing giving these guys a platform to discuss that is was kind of really cool and rewarding. You've been thinking over there for a while. Yeah, because there's there's a yeah. lot of good ones. I'm trying to trying to not leave anybody out. I mean, the ones that stand up. Uh, Brandon McGee is just on a, a new level. I mean, every time he's on, it's something new. And and just from the minute, like we don't even have to ask questions at this point. It's like, dude, just talk about the game. Get us fired <laughs> up. Let's get ready here. And of course, Jordan Simone, just love having him on. Uh, Gray Rugemer was one. I, I believe we've only had him on once, and it was when he went into ASU's Hall of Fame. I think it was like eight years ago or so. Um, but he's got an interesting background, and, and that. That's, that's just the guy that really has no filter. Awesome, awesome dude. The uh, Lamb story yeah. resonates to this day. Go, yeah, go find that. That's an interesting story, to say the least. Uh, the, the 96 team and getting involved with those guys is really surreal to me because those were some of my first sports heroes. And so it's interesting for time to pass and for me to be like legitimate friends with a lot of these guys, for them to be supportive of the things that, that we do, and for them to see what we do as a platform, for them to be you know, remembered and for their memories to be shared. Juan Roque was the first guest that we ever had back in 2011, and that dude has uh, more passion about ASU athletics and life than, than you'll really see. Um, so that's always been a memorable one. Um, as Brad said, Danny White was one of those cool moments for me because it's like this guy is a legit legend. Yeah, yeah, he played a while ago, but you know, you don't know what you're going to get out of them, especially in the early going of the show. I didn't know if these guys were just going to come on and talk real vanilla stuff for two minutes and then get on their way. These ones dive so deep into the passion of their careers and how much the stuff means to them. I mean, we're talking with Danny White about his record against the U of A and the fact that he's undefeated and the fact that 50 years later, that is still a conversation ender. I think like if I think that's the phrase that he used. Yeah. You know, and so these are things that, like, man, these guys are really into this. You know, J.D. Hill, a lot of passion. He's one that I was referring to of someone that was just, he felt touched to be remembered because it's been a while since he played. So, yeah, those ones are just... You know, convey that passion of, of which there there are many. Um, it's it's always cool to see that happen. Yeah, it's a great question. I feel like you guys answered that right. You know, you didn't choose just one person. You know, you spread the <laughs> right. love around a little bit. But uh, yeah, Ben, what do you got? Hey, so uh, I'm on a show as well uh, with my good friend Jacob Jones called the Valley Variety. We like to do a little bit of comedy on that show. Uh, it's kind of small, kind of little at the moment. We're trying to start it up. Uh, but I'm trying to ask you guys. You know, where does comedy or laughter have a place on? Sports like at one at one point in our show we even asked like do forty year old men cry during the Field of Dreams movie like do they do that and the, cry watching the movie Field of Dreams uh, and we got you know eighty eight percent said yes they wow. do cry oh, during the Field right. of Dreams uh, so two parter where does comedy belong and do forty year old men cry during Field of Dreams oh great two parter. <laughs> Um, I would say uh, for Field of Dreams, no. 
Uh, Miracle, however, that's a okay. sports movie that did yeah. hit me. Oh, that's fair. Uh, uh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I think um, Encino Man for me is the one that really triggers the emotions. Encino I mean, Man. We've got All something right. that, that is going to hit us right in the feels. But, the, you know, yeah. So there's a, it's a soft yes to the question. But not Field of Dreams. Right. There might be people who do. I don't know okay. if I necessarily would, but I'm not. You know, if somebody did that, I'll let them have their emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of comedy, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, we're talking about a kids' game, and when we're talking, especially college football, is such a generally such a ludicrous enterprise that you just you got to laugh. You got to be able to, you know, obviously tackle some serious stuff with the the, the weight that it deserves, but also. I mean, there's just so much ridiculous stuff out there. You gotta have fun with it. Yeah. And, uh, when, when you got Joe on the mic next to you, there's gonna be some absurdity. And then when we ha- you put in like some uh, some combustible elements, like a, a Jordan Simone or Ralph Amson or some of our other guests, it just adds to just the, the fun. Because uh, again, it's a, it's a game at the end of the day that we're talking about. We're fortunate enough to be in that position, so. Let it fly, Helen. Have some fun. Yeah, I mean, if you're not going to enjoy doing it, you know, why do it? And if 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 you enjoy what you're doing and you have some fun with it, then obviously the folks listening to it are going to have some fun with it. I mean, it's using this medium. If it's just a bland, kind of dry thing where yep. there's no spark to it, yeah. it's just not going to last. Um, and and that's what I personally like to try to bring to the table. It's not always, you know, you don't bat a thousand in the in the comedy field or anything like that. But especially when we're playing that team from down south, I like to have a lot of fun with that part of things. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think. But kind of going back to what I said before, as far as just the the extremes and avoiding some of the extremes. I mean, you don't necessarily want to be completely dry and bland, but you don't want to be bozo the clown with the horns and honking noises and you know like these kind of things that are going to go over the top. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you got to have fun with it. All right, Carlos, what do you got? Definitely interested to ask, can you guys describe when you guys were, like, under pressure at work? Under pressure at work? Um, Well, I would say, being because I also do some stuff for for the station in terms of just, like, kind of regular old news. um, So sometimes, you know, there will be a lot of plates spinning in terms of, uh, like, breaking news situation or something. So... It's just that, you know, I think in those times you just got to be able to multitask appropriately and um, kind of be able to prioritize because, um, I mean, if you're getting in the news field, whether it's sports news, just general news, you know, any kind of uh, coverage, I mean, there's going to be times where there's a lot of stuff going on. And so it's just a matter of being able to, I mean, if you can't handle a ton of stuff coming at you at a lot of the, in a, the same time, I mean, perhaps you might be in the wrong field. Yeah, I mean, for for me, you know, there's pressure felt at moments because, of course, anything that I do, you know, with the, this freelance work is on the side of a normal job that I got to make sure goes well. The was the the bills don't get paid, um, so balancing that, and there are obviously a lot of people that do that, just with the uniqueness of just how things work in the in the world and in sports journalism, that sort of thing, where you have folks that do this sort of freelance work. So so yeah, time management is is massive. Prioritizing the tasks that you have is is huge. Uh, you know, learning from your mistakes or your shortcomings of those times where it's like, all right, you know, next time I'm not going to wait to the last minute kind of thing. Um, so yeah, time, time management just in life in general, that's just a, a massive, massive thing that if you can master, you're in good shape. That's a great question. I'm going to have to start asking everyone that like, you know, facing pressure, like during the work day, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, Jeffrey, what do you got? Hey, so I had a question, like what was, what was the, like the hardest thing that you guys have had to cover? Like from the, the Todd Graham, firing to like the investigation scandal what was the hardest thing you've had to cover and 
follow up to that, how do you cover that while also kind of not being all cut and dry and just talking about it? I would say probably the hardest thing is probably ongoing right now, just the investigation. In terms of, like, cause I, I mean, cut, coaches come and go, and that's obviously a huge deal. I think that's really kind of one thing that helped us in our first year of kind of really solidify our, the ground that we were on and, and kind of establish us. It was just kind of the, the coaching change after Erickson was fired, Graham was hired. Uh, but I think in terms of the largest impact is the ongoing recruiting scandal because it's just it's ongoing. Just kind of also seeing the reaction from the listeners, the ASU community. Um, this one is hit different, and just so much uncertainty um, combined with the disappointment of last year, the team falling falling short of where it wanted to go. Um, you see a lot of you know perhaps apathy coming in. Just people are just kind of like so over it, just like every just one disappointment after another. Uh, and so the, just the challenge there is to just cover it, you know, as, as openly and uh, truthfully as, as possible, given the facts that are currently known, and also just give informed discussion about what it what it means now, what it could mean uh, moving forward. Um, so it's, I think it's the probably the, the story that has resonated the most now during our during our you know God, 10, 11 years now, um, and probably one that's going to stick around and have a lasting impact for years to come. Yeah, I mean, this has got to be it right now um, and what makes it additionally challenging is just the unknowns I mean it's such an inherently puzzling situation because you have no idea what the outcome is going to be and so a lot of folks use that to comment to extreme nature of what could happen on a negative scale some are apathetic and dismissive I mean every a lot of people have different views on the matter because again we, we really don't know what's going on um, you know there are people that have been involved in the program that are that are under fire that I respect as people and have had great relationships with and you know have gotten to know pretty well uh, I've been supportive of a variety of things that I've done so it's really difficult to see people facing this and I'm not not saying that you know, if, if people are guilty that they're not guilty, but it's just a tough thing to see folks go through. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it can be challenging to separate different relationships and allegiances and not wanting to jump the gun on accusing people of things or jumping to conclusions, but you also have to be, you know, fair and honest. So that's why I personally just kind of take the things that are out there without speculating too much. I'll take educated guesses or say, okay, well, this could be possibly on the forefront. Uh, but uh, yeah, this just because of the impact of everything and, and, and the unknown and what could be done down the road for this program. Yeah, that's, we're in it right now. <laughs> when you guys are covering like controversial topics, especially like this investigation, are you guys ever like on Twitter or Instagram looking at fan listeners, like whether they're nice or hateful comments? Do you ever go through those and like before or after a show or no? I mean, we 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 get tagged in so much stuff. I mean, we, it, that stuff. It's got to pop up. I mean, right? it's like, almost like I'm, I'm sure Joe can agree. I, we don't necessarily have to go hunting for it. It finds <laughs> us. Um, you know, fans, especially ASU fans, they make their yeah. voices known. Um, uh, you know, we we know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's like you know, if they have to punt on the first possession of a game, it's like there's a certain segment that well, game's over, we lost. And it's like, um, so there is a there's more rational folks out there there's some that are very passionate and uh kind of go with that um so it's that stuff is definitely always persistently on our radar and so i think we have a good good read on it and sometimes that yeah. might inform kind of you know how we structure a show or what what topics might come up because we know what what people care about what they don't and um <laughs> but yeah they they like to make their voices known yeah, you get to know the fan base a little bit and and mm -hmm. there is some predictability about it and 
Yeah, this this group can rise to the occasion on the most random things. I guess when they want to stop something, you think back to I don't know if this is before you guys' time, but the whole June Jones thing, and when ASU was gonna revamp Sparky to like this bumblebee on acid situation <laughs> with like big dilated eyes. Yeah, it was. Look back to that, and you'll just see the fans coming to the forefront to to try to stop things. And I guess in those cases, they uh, they were stopped. So yeah, we got it. We got a unique fan base. Love them. Love them. Uh, interesting folks. <laughs> that's funny okay <laughs> i gotta look that up on after i'm done that's yeah me and ben are gonna do some research on that uh okay so we got like a little under 10 minutes left uh, of questions maybe we'll ask a couple of fun rapid fire ones and then we'll wrap it up uh so yeah we got about 10 more minutes has anybody else got another question hayden what do you got is asu versus utah a football rivalry and why not absolutely it is this is one thing where uh, Joe and I very much disagree on. Yes, but if you happen to ask us about a certain Christmas movie, then we will reconcile in complete allegiance. Um, so answer is no, because I don't want to give those folks you know, any sort of credibility. Utah Twitter is an absolute nightmare. Oh my gosh. Uh, what's odd is I've never, been, I've never made the road trip, but I've only heard from... Well, I've heard from ASU fans that have traveled that the fans actually there, like tailgates and stuff, are awesome. So I don't know if they just have this weird cesspool that they give a Twitter account to. I don't know. Um, I feel like because I'm such, I'm so big on like history that uh, I, I think that these are things that you can't necessarily manufacture. I, I, you know, the fact that ASU, I'll put it this way, we're spoiled, I guess, in a sense, because the Territorial Cup rivalry has so much unique history to it. I mean, how many other rivalries did you have one school that was actually picketing against the other becoming a full-fledged university? I mean, you have that kind of stuff to where that's that's big for me. I, I feel like it's almost... It also, I think you got to play for a trophy. I think we had the conversation, too. Mm. I know there's some exceptions. I know there's some exceptions. Here's why Joe's wrong. So um, Here we go. Love it. <laughs> uh, so I think, you know, obviously... U of A, that's the, the rivalry. But I think that, as many programs in the country, you can have multiple rivals. Uh, and I think Utah in the last five to seven years has risen to that level. I think it checks off a couple important boxes. One, you have to have competitive games with a lot of emotional stakes attached to it. As Joe mentioned, there's a fan base. Obviously, you can go back to the Evan Fields controversy with one fan in particular. But generally, there's a lot of emotion in these games. These games are hard fought. Um, two, I think you got to have stakes on this game. And unlike a lot of the games against Arizona, I mean, when the Wildcats are coming in winless or with, with a win, not a whole lot riding on those games. A yeah. lot of times in, in the last, you know, five, seven years, a lot the, like, the ASU-Utah game has tremendous South Division implications. Um, so I think that when you have those two elements in play and that you have that level of consistency and it just kind of builds and builds, granted it's kind of the in, in the infancy stages of a rival, rivalry, but... Those are two crucial boxes that uh, get checked, and you know I've you know I've talked to folks in within the ASU program, within the Utah program, and both say that they have that feel that this is a rivalry. So I think you know some people might think that when I say Utah is a rivalry, they think at, at the cost of like the territorial cup and such. No, 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 it, it's its own thing. It's separate. Um, you know, kind of like uh, you know Michigan with Michigan State and Ohio State. You can have more than one, and I think right now the way things have been going the last half decade, ASU-Utah is a rivalry that's going to be pretty fierce. I think it could become one. I think it, it could, I'm not saying it's in perpetuity never going to be a rivalry. Uh, another component that I think of is, like I said, we had Danny White 
on the show talking about the early 1970s and talking about how 40, 50 years later he ends conversations talking about his undefeated record against that team. Are players from ASU going to say, this hasn't really happened, but I went 4-0 against Utah. I don't think it carries that same thing to it. I think that's just that bragging right element. If mm. you were to take a ball, I, would, I don't know the answer to this question. I think it would be an interesting way to settle the debate is if you, if you pulled the ASU players and they had to rank, mm. you know, 1 through 11, which teams do you like? Which do you look forward? Who, who do you, whatever terminology do you hate the most? Do you look forward to? Would it be the most meaningful to beat? I think a lot of people would probably say USC, ASU, and UCLA have checked a lot of rivalry boxes. Yeah. Even though yeah. that's something that doesn't necessarily have heat to it. If you look at you know recruiting and meaningful games, if you stretch that out over a decade or so, you think back to the early Todd Graham years, 2012. They went on a walk-off field goal that ASU could have, I believe, won the division had they won that game. 2013, uh, you know, really chaotic game down down the stretch there that allowed ASU to win the South. So there are others you could throw in that equation. So I, I'll reevaluate it maybe 10 years from now. We will see. But I don't like validating them. I, I don't like them. I'll tell you this much that will maybe support the, the other side of the, the conversation is I certainly dislike their fans the second most. Yeah, I'm I think the that's for sure. The off-field stuff for me is what kind of elevates. You have the on-field things I talked about with stakes. It's a Twitter intensity. rivalry. That's what yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, the off-field intensity, I think, yeah, is second only to, to U of A. So I think that is what's really been built up in year after year, and I, and I think that goes along with it. When you have games that mean something, that have legitimate stakes, that it, it builds upon it. So I think, yeah, I think it's already there. It's It's young. But it's going to get yeah. only get more intense. I, I love the ranking system. I think that's a great idea. We should some ASU clubs should do that. I think uh, Hayden, I, I need you to split this though. Uh, who do you agree with? Utah? Uh, well, or I, do you I think Utah's right? As okay. of right now, ah. as of right now, it is not a rivalry. <laughs> I mean, one of the funniest things I saw on Twitter was some Utah fan was like, "Well, of course it's not a rivalry because you know we've dominated the series." It's completely not true. I yeah. mean, that's, that's recency bias. ASU is up like twenty-two to ten. And even time. if you split, I think the last six or four you know something that's not like the the u of a mentality where they say that they have the all-time win the series like yeah we well, guys won 30 games like before the world war ii was over but uh, <laughs> yeah so i think that you're you're right with that yeah all right so we got like six more minutes jeffrey let me get your question and then we'll try and get them to in for like some rapid fire questions and we'll wrap this up so jeffrey what do you got yeah so i was just wondering like with your guys's podcast what is the listenership ratio of age to is it like mostly alumni that listen to it or do a lot of current students listen to it from like twitter twitter interactions and all that kind of stuff what's the like median age of somebody that listens to your podcast i don't know if brad might actually have that data that's more his professional Very analytical <laughs> um yeah I, I would say that you know we thankfully i think have been able to kind of cut across um you know a few demos i think obviously kind of more of the alumni base um those prep folks are I think on average maybe a little bit more invested in terms of kind of the the more detailed stuff that we kind of dive into but also I think we've been fortunate in terms of you know thanks to our you know social media platforms really kind of find an audience with the with current students we've um, gotten to know a bunch of them over the years uh, that have been uh, avid listeners and continued after their graduation and I think that you know just continuing to do what we do and, and maintain a fun lively uh, show and social media presence has really kind of helped us stay stay relevant to the kids. Yeah, I think in, in, in recent years, it seems like the 
college age contingent, at least just on the face of it, seems like it's increased. And I don't know if that's a, just a matter because more so than five, ten years prior to that, folks that are you know around college age are just listening to podcasts more. That's how they get their entertainment or their news or whatever it is. So that seems to have increased. But um, yeah, it's it's a wide range. I mean, there are folks that I meet that. Uh, you know, my parents' age, older. You know, it, it's really a wide, wide range, which is a cool thing because then you have folks that are chiming in that, uh, you know, they've been going to games for 50, 60 years. I mean, folk, I mean, it's true, you know, stuff from the 70s, 60s. I've, I've talked to somebody who's going to games like in the 1950s, you know, so you hear all these stories. And so it's cool for folks to, to, to value what you do and, uh, you know, give them your time. All right, we we got to wrap this up in four minutes. Unfortunately, I wish we could even have more than an hour. But uh, just real quickly, I got the I got the Bumblebee uh, mascot you picture. Got it? Yeah, if, if you can see that. I was that looking all that over, is, and all I could find I mean, was Sun Angels. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know about that. That, that guy's like straight out of the bullying stuff. works at times. Yeah, <laughs> not, I don't think we should be doing that. The ASU Bumblebees. No, yeah, that, that was, doesn't I think, ring like well. Ten years. I mean, I, those were too far apart. I don't. Well, I don't remember exactly. Maybe it was wrong. That does not ring well. Okay, uh, so we got like three to four minutes left. Uh, anybody, any any last-minute questions, maybe a little uh, less less intensive, a little silly, anything? Yeah, I mean, got like the past five minutes I've been trying to find Bumblebee pictures yeah. of Sparky, <laughs> so I'm a little fresh back into the conversation here. So uh, what's the most fun you've ever had on any show, any podcast? What is the most fun, and mm. why did you have that much fun? <laughs> Do, do we talk about the, the vault episode that's never seen the light of day? I mean, that's got to be it. That's really what... You share that with oh, us, maybe? Oh, that, oh yeah. That's, okay, there are two ideas, but that, that one is for sure. Yeah, so that was... Uh, we did a, a live on-location podcast at a... Uh, it was a World of Beer. When World it was still of on Beer, Mill. which I don't know if any still exists. It certainly doesn't on Mill any longer. So, uh, it, yeah, it was in the... this like They called it the vault. It was, like an, I guess, an old actual vault, and it was like a trivia competition between... Uh, we had guests Rob Reyes and Becca Wynn, but this was, we had already been a couple beers deep at that point, and it was just absolutely unusable upon listening to it. So um, it got a little, a little salty. <laughs> it, the structure was so good; it was such a great idea. Basically, it was like a, like a, I don't know, ASU Jeopardy show, something like that. And if I if I remember correctly, we the teams would make up trivia questions that would be asked to the other team. So, you know, you wanted to stump them. So you're coming up with good questions about ASU history, maybe just football. I'm not sure exactly how we did it. But, yeah, I mean, we were we were fired up, man. We were having a, a good day in America and, and enjoying some <laughs> adult beverages, as some have been known to do here at the State University. So uh, we got fired. It wasn't like some belligerent idiocy, but at the end of it, we were just getting fired up. And, uh, yeah, it was not quite usable. I'd say in addition to that, uh, I mean, there have been a couple times where we've had Ralph Amston in, and we'll just start talking. And, and like I said, it's like this B-side stuff that's absolute gold where we just go off on the most random things. And we're not recording it, but then we're already giggling like a, you know, like a bunch of kids when we get started. And we, we have these weird like inside jokes when the show goes on. There's something with like a spatula or whatever. And I mean, th these things just from the beginning, it's just nonsense, but it's awesome. And so, uh, yeah, those are probably the the two kind of examples that stick out the most. Yeah, good question. Okay, we got time for like one more quick question, then I got to wrap this up. Does, does anybody got one? Carlos. No, I was going to say, uh, like, if there's one trait you can improve, like, in your inventory, like, what would it be? Oh. Oh. I mean, I, uh, I would say um, I think sometimes our shows get a little long. I don't know. Mm. Maybe a little self-editing. I hate time limits. Yeah, that, that's the thing. <laughs> I don't know, but, but, you know, honestly, it's like, 
we kind of go with where the listeners like and and like even if we have like a two hour a two hour episode they seem to really love them so it's like i don't know perhaps uh, i'm getting a little overly critical but i think that you know sometimes that might be something where i think you know we could be a little more streamlined um but yeah i i just i don't know it just seems what yeah, because I mean, that's something I think that even in the past we put up polls because we wonder. It's like, oh, man, the show's a beast. Like, the, the folks want something 20, 30 minutes? And just given the option, the vast majority of uh, people that responded honestly wanted as much as they could get. So, like, all right. We, and so we've got the, the timing, I think, down fairly well. Uh, you know, I'd like to try to expand in some cases to, to covering other sports. I mean, I've become a massive fan of ASU's wrestling program, so we've kind of involved that a little bit. We'll talk some baseball, some basketball. Uh, you know, there's there's obviously a lot that goes on on campus that we may not specialize in as fans or be super knowledgeable from a professional capacity about it. So, you know, those are things that could always be added to the mix because there are, again, a lot, of, a lot of coaches, athletes, and teams that are doing some awesome things that, that might not get as much love as they should. All right, man, 9.55. It's you know horrible because we're, we're running out of time, but that, that's all we have time for this week. Uh, we are nearing the, the 10 o'clock mark. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, Hayden, Jeffrey, Ben, Carlos, uh, you know, Joe, Brad, just, you know, thank you. I hope that was a good time. This is the first time we've done, you know, had students, you know, asking questions too. Uh, I definitely like this. I'll be, I'll be doing this more often, but uh, any quick final thoughts before I wrap this up real quick? Bestow some knowledge on them. Let me think a little bit. Go for it, Brad. I will say that, okay, so anybody who maybe wants to get in the field, I would say that I don't care and I don't know are very powerful and positive drivers um, in terms of just like, you know, a lot of times people put up stuff just like they have a little self-doubt of just like wondering how their ideas or their, their approach in terms of coverage might be um, accepted. But I'd say I just don't care about that stuff. Find something, that a story that you want to tell and just go do it. Make it happen. Um, and be open in the, the I don't know type of thing. Just, you know, understand that it's every day is a learning opportunity. Go out there, don't presume to know everything, and just be open to learning and improving yourself each and every day. All right, real quick, 30 seconds, what do you got? Anybody who's doing podcasts, just put content out there. Have a lot of stuff lined up, so you're doing shows for weeks and months. We have a schedule that's kind of built into what we do, so we're on autopilot. But uh, don't just come up with one good idea and then try to coast off it. Have some material out there so folks can get to know you. Beautiful. Okay. Well, if you want to follow Brad Denny and everything he's up to, go follow him on Twitter at BDenny. That's B-D-E-N-N-Y 29. If you want to find Joe Healy, everything he's up to, it's at Joe Healy 42. And uh, for the Speak of the Devils podcast, it's at S-O-T-D podcast. So uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, Hopefully I can have you guys back in here sometime in the future. But uh, that's all we have time for. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you, man. It's been a blast. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to How To Sports. To follow along for news, updates, and daily listener interaction, make sure to follow us on Twitter at HT Sports Show and Instagram, also the HT Sports Show. You can listen to us on all podcast listening platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It was a pleasure talking to Brad and Joe, and it's been a pleasure trying to serve a large community of sports industry enthusiasts. And until next time, have a great day, and even a better day tomorrow. Peace.